Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have a wonderful guest today. I'm so excited. We have Wells Anderson with us. How are you, Wells? Doing well. How are you guys doing? We are good. We are really excited about this topic today. It was very impromptu. It was something that we came across. It was a story that Wells is going to share with us, and it has to do with profanity. So some of you may already know what I'm talking about, because this story had a lot of play in the ex-Mormon social media community. So we are really excited that we're able to bring Wells on to tell his very unusual story about this topic. So first of all, Landon, as always, how would you like to read Wells' bio? And then we'll pull up some slides and dive right in. I will. I'm excited. This can be a darn good show, and I think we're going to have a lot of freaking fun on it. So let's <laughs> okay, get started. Okay, you just gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Wells, uh, Wells Anderson is 31 years old, born and raised in Utah County. Uh, most of his life is, uh, was spent in Orem, and he now lives in Pleasant Grove with his wife, Courtney. They have a small black and white uh, Shih Tzu Yorkie mix named Vita and a witchy black cat named Orla. They both grew up in the church and have been officially free just over two years and have never looked back. He loves to learn and share what he what he's learned, even when it's unsolicited. He cares deeply um, for his uh, for the ones he loves and is excited for what uh, Close Circle has in future. As a prolific cursor, uh, I think tongue in cheek there, <laughs> I can attest to its usefulness given any situation. I put the screenshots on Reddit hoping to just get some resources, and the ex-Mormon community sent a lot of love that was unexpected but highly appreciated. He's honored uh, that uh, Mormonish has reached out, and he hopes his con he hopes. Uh, his contribution to this bitchin' podcast can be very useful. <laughs> so welcome, Wells. That's right. Thank That's you. a great bio. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, and as I alluded to, this has to do with a Reddit post that Landon and I came across that Wells had put up um, about an experience that he had had, and you know, just looking for some advice or so some what the heck does anybody see anything weird about this? So let's put up our first slide with our title here. We are going to be discussing today Mormons and swearing. The idea that I swear if you swear, because I was raised probably like a lot of others where you, I mean, even words that you wouldn't really think are swear words, my parents considered swear words, you know, and they would really censure me if I, if I said anything like, oh my gosh, or something. So we're going to dive into all of that. But the catalyst for this entire episode and the idea came from, as I said, a social media post um, and just a little story from Wells. And I've never seen so many comments on a post before. Like it was up in the 600s. I was like, what is happening here? Why is everybody weighing in on this? So we'll just let Wells kind of explain what happened. And you can read, you know, as, as you, some, some of our listeners are, view, are view, viewers and some are listeners. So it's probably good that we read through Wells, whatever you'd like to read and just explain your situation. So take it away. Hey, this Rebecca, just... how about one of us read, uh, how about you read as the doc? I don't know if you can see that. Maybe I'll no, read as the again, doctor. No, again, I can, can never see, his. yeah, anything that small. Yeah, okay, so all I'll, right, that's good. Landon, I'll, I'll you be, okay. You, I'll let's, read the doctor. Okay, let's let Wells <laughs> set up the scenario. And then when it's time to read, Wells can ask Landon to read the doctor and he can read his own responses. So go ahead, Wells. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, so a little while ago, just over two months ago, I got a new job and um, that provides new resources with uh, insurance. So I was trying to get it all figured out and it was really slow going. Um, I was able to reach out to people to try and get like numbers and uh, 
you know, just like login, just stuff to get in, in the door. And it was taking a while. And at the same time, I was uh, I was looking for new doctors uh, that would accept the plan. Um, so this doctor came recommended by our by my sister-in-law. And uh, she really liked her. She thought, you know, she was really well taken care of, attentive, all that stuff. Um, and I just said, okay, let's just try and set up an appointment. I didn't really look too much into it because I just figured as a doctor is a doctor. Um, we just need some medication to keep going with the or prescriptions. And all it is is just mental health. It's um, just, you know, some mood stabilizers, all that kind of stuff. It's very generic, very cheap, not that hard to to acquire but um it was too slow going uh we had appointments we had to cancel them because we didn't quite we didn't want to pay the money to to do it out of pocket we just tried to get the insurance agency uh into it so it turns out the doctor took it upon herself to gather more information from me and to the person that i was talking with within my insurance company and we had these texts we also had emails going back and forth like we, we were on it and um so this is this was the day of my wife's um uh meeting with her with her with her appointment and it was just over telehealth um and uh so yeah it just she came up with this response i said geez i didn't know it was going to take that long and then she uh, let's let landon read the doctor's response landon do you sure. want to just kind of read yeah. through it i think sure. especially for our listeners you can't tell exactly what they're seeing yeah so this is the doctor uh, uh writing back to wells and it says good morning it looks like i won't be able to accept your appointment request for tomorrow since i'm still unable to verify your insurance coverage i haven't heard back from the insurance company with verification of coverage. I called uh, the insurance company directly, but could only get an automated line that asked for your member ID number, which I don't have. I be believe it starts with three letters. I also use my provider online portal, but again, could not verify your coverage without your member ID number. Perhaps your employer could be helpful in getting the insurance card or at least a member ID number so you can access your benefits. Okay. And then so Wells responds. She's, yeah. she's, she's trying to help yeah. at this point and trying to do some due diligence and being able to give you. And there was, there was a long, you know, I got a lot of texts. We were communicating, you mm -hmm. know, it was, it was a whole thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then I just said, geez, I don't know. I didn't realize that it was going to be such a headache. Uh, let's just charge the cards and I'll get reimbursed from the insurance company. Yeah. So very friendly, very nice back. Geez, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you're like apologizing to her. I don't want mm -hmm. you to have to do this. Geez, uh, I'll just. I'll come in and, and I, then I'll worry about it is what you're trying and to I say. And I didn't, I didn't ask her to do any of that. Yeah. I didn't ask her at all. She just right. took it upon herself to do that and get, maybe get offended by it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, to me, that's a very normal thing to write back. I write that all the time. Ah, oh, geez, this and that. Okay. Totally normal. So here's where it takes a hard turn <laughs> in her response back to you. Go ahead, Landon. You have used a shortened name of deity that I hold dear. He gave his life for us so that he could succor us when we are hurt and heal us and forgive us. I know that you are a son of God and that he loves you. If you can soften your tone and refrain from further swearing, I can help you. If not, you'll need to find another health care provider. How would you like to proceed? Were you just like... Did you even realize she was referring to the use of the word G's? 
I had to look at it twice and say, what did he say that was offense? Oh, geez. You know, yeah. that's what she's talking about. The word geez. Yeah, I I was I mean, the whole thing sh just shocked me because I, I thought it was just a different number. I thought it was maybe like a prank, but I kept I kept looking through it and kept reading it over and over and over again. And the only time I heard that G's was uh, an abbreviation for Jesus uh, was just by some little girl in a world in a word that I had a few years ago. It was a little girl. Yeah. Um. So I was just like, geez, I've heard this before, but like to be offended and then to deny care over it is I, I, I just I, I saw red. I couldn't. I was just like. And you yeah, thought it was a prank. You and I would yeah. too. I think okay, this this has got to be something, or is it a joke? Actually, I'm offended by the word "sucker." To me, yeah. I like that word. So. <laughs> what what is with up. that one? I, I I never like this. I that was one that I just didn't see at all. I just saw that you are a son of God, and I know that He loves you, which was just like, yeah. Why is the doctor telling me this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And this is a mental health professor professional who. Now it's just shame to yeah. somebody who, who it's like you would think that they would use some professional uh, training, at least to say that you don't lash out at your at your patient uh, right. and, or and go right after them for something like this. Yeah. So then you wrote a very I thought your response was great. I thought your response was yeah. wonderful. Why Beautiful. don't you read your response? <laughs> uh, swearing and all. Yeah, yes, can, you yeah, can put that yeah. in there because it's appropriate. It. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So go ahead. Okay. So uh, I said, uh, I was saying that as a common expression of confusion and frustration, not with you, with the insurance company. I appreciate your work uh, to try and get all the in insurance information worked out. Please excuse me if that didn't come across that way. Uh, that being said, putting your religiosity before the well-being of your patient's physical and mental well-being just because you're offended by a simple nomenclature is deeply unethical and contradicts the Hippocratic oath you took. Keep the Lord and Savior in Sunday school where he belongs, not in the doctor's office and not to people who may or may not believe in the same God as you. We will be proceeding on without you, and I will be reporting your office due to unethical treatment of potential patients in need. It's 2024. Grow up. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that was a very perfectly worded statement. Thank I you. mean, it's a just absolutely what gives her the right uh, to put her religion religiosity on you just because you're trying to do a professional transaction right. in a medical field where you have to. And let's face it, anyone who's dealt with the insurance that Jesus a it is, I, I can't think of a tamer word to use because <laughs> I've used a lot more words talking to insurance companies, uh, but this right. is the doctor you're trying to work it out. And the mm -hmm. simple term, geez, it, you get a, a, a tongue lashing uh, a, and a religious sermon uh, telling you you're a son of God and that you need to be change your behavior and then improve your behavior. Uh, just absolutely uh, mm -hmm stand aghast I, yeah and i didn't i didn't realize i was uh using such a harsh tone you know yeah no you but, weren't and and that's why i think so many people responded you know everybody was just kind of floored by that and it made us think about our own experiences sometimes talking to friends or family and using i mean face it <laughs> when you um when you step away from the church you do often 
your language kind of changes because you're kind of in an infantile state, I think, when you're in the church and you kind of grow up, you become adult. You might start saying, oh, my God, or something like that. And um, my husband had an experience where he was talking to a family member. This was a long time ago, and it was a pretty serious conversation. And he was worried about someone else in the family. And I remember him saying, I'm so concerned. Oh, God, I just I'm not sure what we're going to do. And that family member just said, stop. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You know, and, and my husband was like asking for help. She's like, I don't, you said the Lord's name in vain. No, we're done. You know, and it's just like shocking because people express themselves in different ways. So we thought we would dive in and try to figure out why, <laughs> why the funny, is there this, this, the funny thing is in that situation where he said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. He's not taking the name. Of, he's calling Ooh. almost upon God he's saying, God, I help. don't know what to do. God, mm -hmm. help me here. Yeah. 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 Yep. It was it's like that. So, but conversations get shut down when you use the wrong words. So this is actually from the church's website. Um, I like that picture. That's really funny <laughs> because it's a big deal. When I was growing up, you know, it was like, you, you know, don't say that, wash your mouth out with soap. It was a big deal. It was like a sin, a full on sin to use yeah, what we would consider light, you know, I got, words I got my mouth up, my, my mouth washed out with soap. Yeah. Did you really? You really did. did. Yeah. When I was, when I, it happened like maybe once or twice, but it was when I was younger. Yep. No, the parents have got to keep you in line. So on the church's website under um, swearing or profanity, it says profanity is disrespect or contempt for sacred things. It includes casual or irreverent use of the name of any member of the Godhead. It also includes any type of unclean, unclean or vulgar speech or behavior. We should always use the name of Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost with reverence and respect. Um, misusing their names is a sin. See right there. It's a flat out sin, um, profane, vulgar, or crude language or gestures, as well as immoral jokes are offensive to the Lord and to others. Foul language is both degrading and harmful to the spirit. We should not let others influence us to use foul language. Instead, we should use clean language that uplifts and edifies others. And we should choose friends who use good language. That's always a big thing. Don't hang out with people that are talking like that. Um, setting an example will encourage those around us to use clean language. <laughs> so that sets uh, a lot of Mormons up for being that person. Stop. I will not talk to you anymore, right? If you hear it, right. that's exactly right. If friends and acquaintances use profanity, we can good-naturedly encourage them to choose other words. And we're going to talk about those other words here. <laughs> if they persist, we can politely walk away or change the subject. That's right. Not listen anymore. Um, those who have developed the habit of swearing can break it. They must begin by making a decision to change and then pray for help. So swearing is taken very seriously. Mormons are not supposed to do it. That's exactly right. And I probably can't even count the number of primary or Sunday school or young men, young women lessons, probably you two wells that you've had on do not swear, right? Do not say anything. Well, I Didn't think work. if there's a in any good news here, it's that uh, that last uh, sentence there, uh, Wells, you can uh, break the habit of saying G's that you've developed. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. What do I even yeah. put now? I don't know. What do you say? You'll have to make something up. So yeah, and we are going to talk about making things up. So the church definitely takes it very seriously. And um, because of that, 
members of the church are very, very sensitive about language, very sensitive. And the the sad part about that is that a lot of people communicate using words like G's or other words, communicate in the workplace, communicate all kinds of places. And unfortunately, it has, it, it elicits this reaction in members of the church that is not what anyone else around is feeling. Like if you're in a work meeting and your boss goes, God damn it, you guys, we've got to get this project together. You know, everybody else is going to go, oh, he's serious. Let's do it. Somebody raised with, with this kind of a background may just completely shut down because they heard those words. So it definitely puts you in a different space as other people, I think. For sure. Yeah. Well, and it certainly doesn't, uh, that same uh, representation there, if your boss says, gosh, darn it, guys, yeah. that doesn't, God, that, gosh, that doesn't imply it. the same uh, <laughs> sense of frustration uh, that, that the, that the prof profane word yeah. does. So it's you probably lose credibility if you use yeah. those silly words, you know? It's oh, like... yeah. <laughs> Any, anybody, I mean, when I was going through high school, hella became big. Everybody was saying that's hella cool, hella sick, all right. that kind of stuff. And then being around, uh, you know, TBMs or, or kids a little bit younger than me and hearing them say, heck, yeah, I, was, I mean, and just I, I openly uh, laughed in a couple of people's faces this because I'm just like, <laughs> what what are you replacing two two letters for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's all and it takes. I understand it. No, but that's all it takes. It's kind of a little workaround. So so we decided to look because I didn't know for sure that it was a shortened version of Jesus. So we decided to look and it can be spelled J-E-E-Z or it can be spelled G-E-E-Z. I usually, when I use it, and I do use it in texting, I use mm -hmm. G-E-E-Z. So we looked it up, Lennon. Do you want to read that definition? What does G's mean? And I picked a very smiling, happy face of Jesus, right? A picture right there. He looks like he's going to say G. <laughs> yeah, the, the definition is, so G's, uh, pronounced G's, uh, is informal, uh, and it can be spelled, as you said, G-E-E-Z, and the definition is a mild expression used to show surprise or annoyance. G's, it's not fair. This yeah. is exactly how you used it in mm -hmm. your text. G's, uh, like uh, this, uh, I'm surprised it, or annoyed. It also it's not fair to you. Like I, I, I didn't want you to go through that. I didn't, right. I, I wasn't yeah. aware that that was what all the jump or all the hoops you had to jump through. Yep. Geez, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yep. Yeah. It was like yeah. an apology. It, it, it was, was like you yeah. were acknowledging, Oh my gosh, I know you had to do all this and I'm so sorry. It really was. It was a very no soft expression. That's right. No, nope, there. And that's why I think you had so many comments <laughs> on social media. Cause everyone's like, what next? I mean, honestly, yeah. if you <laughs> if you can't use that word, what can you use? So right. and so is is G slang for Jesus? Is I guess the question. Yeah, that's the question. Um, various dictionaries, including Merriam-Webster, define G's as an interjection used as a mild oath or introductory ex 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 expletive, expletive. <laughs> used to express surprise, astonishment, disappointment, yeah. etc. All of the entries noted that would that it was a euphemism for Jesus first used in the 1920s. So it got its start as a shortened version of Jesus, or somebody probably trying not to swear, so they went went with G's. Uh, but the the modern usage of the word is a mild expression used to yeah. show surprise or annoyance. So in order for this person to get offended, they have to go back to 1920 <laughs> definition uh, in Webster's years. dictionary in order to take offense. <laughs> at the swearing that you uh, uh, use, because in modern language, it means show surprise or annoyance. Yeah. yeah. But you had mentioned, Wells, that you had a child come up to you 
and say that that's what that meant. So that tells me that parents are still telling their kids that, that it's, you know, you're actually saying Jesus and it's very offensive. So. Uh, I mean, and, and like you guys said, it, it's even when I use the term Jesus, it's always out of just like, ah, oh, like, uh -huh. okay, what, what can I do? How can I find help? How can I do yeah. something? It, yeah. it, it's just like, ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. You know? I've given up. I'm turning it over to you, Jesus. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that, I know. Jesus, I, what just... am I supposed to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's certainly context in swear words and certainly, you know, we've all been with the people who are just completely vulgar, uh, you know, where every other word is a swear word and you can't, you know, that's, that that's going overboard. And I think most people would say that's not appropriate for a workplace environment or anything. That so. is, is not this, that is not mm -hmm. what we saw in this, uh, in this, uh, back and forth dialogue that you were having. Yeah. And I personally, I, I had no idea Jesus was even shortened for Jesus because yeah. I've always, uh, I've always spelled it G-E-E-Z. So that never even made it, that never even came into my thought, uh, thought process that that might mean Jesus in any sense of the word. Obviously, heck darn, you know, the standards, you you know, okay, that that's kind of a replacement word for that. Never thought of Jesus that I've mm -hmm. always thought of Jesus as a surprise or annoyed thought that's how it's always been used that's how i've always seen it used yeah. i've never said seen anyone say hey when jesus comes back we're gonna do this uh, it's not no, used that to sounded sacrilegious no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of a kid word you know almost gee whiz or and, it's just kind if, of a casual if if you used i can't wait till jesus comes back mormons around here would be like who is that <laughs> exactly yeah they wouldn't associate it with him it, <laughs> is is that some pagan god you believe in now like what is jesus <laughs> bell and jeez that's right so and then landon you made the point jesus isn't really jesus's name even i mean if you want to get really technical you know it's joshua so maybe yes, oh my well. josh would be more inappropriate i mean yeah yeah what makes josh more appropriate than jeez you know mm -hmm. uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and gosh, even, even you put though, a G for the J, that could, gosh could mean G's. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, and and getting getting G's out of Yeshua is is pretty. It's a stretch. It's exactly. a, yeah, it's a stretch. And it's yep, that's it's, what we were trying to figure out. You know, you're also dealing with a religion that's six thousand plus years old. Maybe you know, Judaism goes back so far. They're the ones that came up with the term, as far as we know. So. I don't know, I'm rambling, but yeah, Yeshua yeah. And, and Josh, and then it comes to the English-sized version of Jesus. It's just mm -hmm. like, okay, here we go. Yep. No, you're, you're absolutely right, and you're not rambling. That's really important to understand that names change. Um, Jesus never heard himself called Jesus in his lifetime at all. That was, you know, that was not a word. So it is very interesting. All right, let's go to our next slide because we're going to dive in this whole issue. Um, so there's the commandment, of course, about taking the Lord's name in vain, right? That's where a lot of this comes from and why it's just such a sin to say, oh my God, right? That was soap in the mouth. That was it when most of us were growing up. So what does the commandment really mean? Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain refers precisely to what Joseph Smith did. I think this is a great comment. I pulled this off uh, social media. The commandment was a prohibition against making claims like, I speak for God and he wants you to marry me. Okay, This person is being <laughs> facetious. Yes. Um, but basically saying, it's not saying his name, it's using his name to do things that 
God would not be on board with, or Jesus wouldn't. Um, ancient Jews didn't shout, oh my God, when they were surprised. They didn't shout, God damn it, when they stubbed their toes. It was never about expletives. The prohibition was against pursuing personal interest in the name of God, a completely different definition than what, what we're taught. Um, like, And then this person goes on to make a joke, uh, like a certain corporation and all the wealth they collected in the name of God. <laughs> God will bless you if you tithe 10% of your gross income to us. Making that statement by this definition is taking the Lord's name in vain. What do you think about that, Wells? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I agree. You yeah. know, it is, it is it is meant to be like, I, you know, I speak for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, I've, I've studied a lot and listened to a lot of different stuff about different culture, extreme belief, um, especially within America. And the, the number one thing is change, uh, words and how they're, how they're meant to be used or how this is how they're used now. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do that all the time. They rebrand words, they rebrand themselves. So when it comes to any sort of speech, which is, you know, what humans do, that's how we communicate. That's, that's our, it's our whole world is being able to talk and, and he see and hear that and see that um, they know that. And it's, it's a very powerful tool um, to manipulate. So wh when it comes to anything, changing meanings of words or saying, you know, this is what it used to be and this is what it is mm -hmm. now. And I, I'm in the I'm in a firm belief that that words are not bad or good or anything. They're neutral. They're they're meant to be completely. This is what we use as a baseline, um, and putting a, a bad connotation on a word is just a complete misuse of the word. So that's yeah. right. Very well I, said. No, I absolutely agree with you. I I love that. What do you think, Landon? I, I think Tim Ballard was excommunicated for this. If we look at yeah. the statement from the church, uh, it was he used Elder Ballard's name for his own personal gain, yeah. and they excommunicated him in three days yeah. for that. Uh, so uh, he, he could use Elder Ballard's name, but when he used it for his personal gain, the church, wow, that that is taking Elder Ballard's mm -hmm. name in vain, and that's not allowed. That's the same thing that God was saying when he says, don't take my name in vain. You do not get to speak for me to make personal gains or to take uh, and make uh, money off of the use of my name. And that's exactly what the church has done. They've accumulated hundreds of billions of dollars. So Wells could have just as easily responded to the lady. Uh, to me, taking God's name in vain is using the Lord's name to get personal gain and your church has done exactly that. I cannot come and be a patient of yours because of that. What kind of world would we live in if everybody starts using that kind of, you know, tip, tip for tat, you know, tip for tat of, of this? Uh, you know, yeah. we live in a world, we communicate, we use words. Yeah. We can't be offended by every single little word, uh, especially something as minor as this. But yet that's what our church teaches is you yeah. have to be the higher moral. You're a higher moral yes. person while we're using God's name to take women and make multiple wives while we're taking your money and building multi-billion dollar empires. But we're not taking God's name in. Wells Anderson, who said, geez, is taking the Lord's name yeah. in vain.
That's the irony of the whole thing. And not only just wealth and things like that, but to use God's name to say, oh, let's bring up the November 15th policy. God has told you that you need to shun you know, these certain people. God has told you anytime those words are said, um, put in front of an action that you're supposed to do, you're doing, you're breaking this commandment. It's not when you might say, oh my God. So that a lot of yeah. people don't understand this, this point, the world would be a better place if this commandment were followed, right? <laughs> because there's been a lot of atrocities committed in the name of God, like so many, right? It's like my favorite quote. I always quote Max Van Sado, one of my favorites. And he says, if Jesus Christ were to come back today and see what was going on in his name, he would never stop throwing up. I think that's a great quote. It's from the movie, Hannah and her sisters, but it's absolutely true. And that has to do with using God's name to manipulate people to do what yeah. you as a man or a person want to do. And and doesn't doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible, and I'm paraphrasing, but isn't it like if uh I offend your eye, then pluck it out? Pluck it out, yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, you have the responsibility to react in any way that you want to. And if you don't like something, just don't be around it. It's that simple. If if, yeah. if you hate that the way people talk. Don't talk yeah. to those people. It's just that simple. Yeah, it should be. But if we go back to that statement from the church on their website, it says you should be an example. You yeah. should call people to repentance. So then you become that kid, right? The, the, the group is just talking and having fun. It's their culture and they're just speaking. And you're the kid that goes, stop. You know? uh, I was that weird kid. A lot of us were that weird kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, or we all knew that weird kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Do you want to read the Spencer Kimball story, Wells? Have you heard this story before? I've heard it several times at church. Um, <laughs> honestly, no. Story. Yes and no, you little... don't want to read it? <laughs> no, 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 I can read it. I just, I haven't heard of the story. So, okay, go ahead. But my dad, my dad loves this. He loves oh, Spencer. Um, <laughs> Kimball was put under total anesthesia and operated on while wheeled on a table back toward his room. Still drugged, Spencer sensed uh, his table stop by an elevator and heard an orderly angry, uh, angry at something, uh, profaning the Lord's name. Half conscious, he, <laughs> half conscious, he pleaded with labored sounds, please don't say that. I love him more than anything in this world, please. An absolute silence. <laughs> And then the orderly answered softly, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Oh, and I'm guessing the orderly then joined the church. That would be the end of the story, right? That's how it worked. He and probably on, was a member of the church. He, you know, and again, just a, a simple thing that happens during the day, right? Surgery, the guy's doing his job. He's pushing President Kimball. Something happened. The cart, whatever, hit. He's like, oh, damn it, or something. Or he must have said, God, oh, God. Uh, and Kimball raises up off his bed. I mean, can you imagine? He's like, oh, don't. I just, you know, again, you're you're a watchdog. You have to call everybody on it and to say, this reminds me, though, of what the doctor wrote. You know, he suckered me. I love yeah. him. You know, it's just this, just this relationship that's so unusual. I went on AI and I said, angry, swearing, orderly is what I, what I typed in. I came up with this tattoos. He's got, you know, piercings, you know, cause only that kind of person would dare to say, Oh God, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and, and plus they, they have to prop him up even more of like, he was still under total anesthesia, yeah. but yeah. God was able to wake up and, and defend himself through this guy. It's like, okay, good luck trying to wake up out of total anesthesia. 
<laughs> and, and somehow he remembers the story to relay it later. Uh, right, after... exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. When, I, that when was... I got when I got my wisdoms out, I couldn't remember anything for like 30 minutes. You know, you're oh, completely no. in a daze. Yeah, you're totally in a daze. I've I've taken my kids to get their wisdom teeth out, and you know, you always tape them because the stuff they say is you know crazy, and yeah, they're not saying I love you know. Well, Although and, one and... of my children, I won't tell you which one. He came out of anesthesia, and this was years ago, and he kept going on and on about how much he loved Donald Trump, which I don't know that he did, but in his anesthesia, he was yeah. crazy. So it was pretty yeah. funny. I have it on tape. <laughs> and we've all heard of people who come out of anesthesia, and they just swear, and they cuss. And, uh -huh. and this, uh, we've heard of old older people, even yep. prophets who are swearing yep. all the time yeah. in their in their old age. Uh, yeah, there's a physiological reason for that. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk about that. It's kind of embedded into your lizard brain. Absolutely. Yep. Even even prophets swearing to death. So, yeah, but this is a story. I remember this being in manuals when I was young. I think it was in a manual when I was teaching primary. So this is an example of a you know, completely under the influence of anesthesia, and he's still able to protect um, God's name. The, the church has set the bar right here. Yeah. Even you should even come out of anesthesia to correct somebody <laughs> when they've sworn. <laughs> oh, very funny. Okay. So then I just really started looking at Mormon swearing, because as we talked about, Mormons are not going to say the typical swear words that are out there in the world, but they definitely kind of developed their own particular language. And I'm guilty of it. I used Mormon swear words all the time. A lot of us did. Um, but I found an article in, let's see, Mormon Matters, where they talked about the three kind of situations in which Mormons were swe will, will swear. Um, so it says, so these types of swearing, um, some are worse than others. Uh, different cultures find different profanity themes more severe than others. In English, the hierarchy tends to be, and so we're talking about, you know, the worst things down to what I would consider G's, the lightest thing you could say. So the hierarchy tends to be sexual, excretory, and religious. For Mormons, though, it is probably more like religious. That seems to be the granddad of, the, of them all. That means because taking the Lord's name in vain is a specifically prohibited in the Bible, practicing Mormons avoid this like the plague. Uh, the next type of swearing in the Mormon hierarchy would be sexual, uh, presumably because our bodies are sacred. And we hear that all the time. Um, speaking lightly or debasing the sex act diminishes them, our bodies. So that's another type of serious swearing and excretory. I suppose to some extent related to treating the body with respect, this seems like the least offensive to me unless directed at another person. The words I mean. <laughs> and then the author says, <laughs> I know, yikes. Um, not I not argue, the excrement. <laughs> yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know what excretory swearing is, yeah, Landon, do you want to that, that? that would be your craps, your uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bodily we function, all say, yes, you know, the yes. S word that I know. Yeah, We're trying not the Go P ahead, word, pissed. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, so I was I was going to explain that we are trying not to swear, ironically, on a on a podcast about swearing simply for monetization, right? And so we don't get canceled or taken down. So, but yeah, that's exactly right. Um, the author says I would argue that hate speech is the worst of all, since it is directed at another person in anger. Of course, within each category, some words are considered more severe than others. Absolutely. Uh, you may think a very mild religious base word like damn or hell is okay, but would not even think to use the grandmother of all American swear words 
in the sexual category, the F word, right? That's exactly (laughs) it. And and I think it changes. I mean, you have your, you have your, your religion, your culture, and then from family to family, like in my family, um, we grew up singing show tunes. Yes. I was like a theater kid. So there was a song from South Pacific called Bloody Mary. And the lyric is, ain't that too damn bad? You know, it's a fun lyric, right? Ever. So I sing that. I get the soap in the mouth, right? I can't say the word damn, even in a fun, happy singing song. There, There's another song from West Side Story. Um, when you're a jet, you're a jet. From, you know, it talks about it's a gang. And it says you're a jet from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Well, I wasn't even allowed in my family to say cigarette. My mom told me that the word was vinaigrette. So I grew up like oh, an man. idiot singing my first vinaigrette like these gang members are like oh please pass the vinaigrette you know and i grew up thinking vinaigrette was horrible so yeah somebody later told me like you're an idiot so again you're at such a disadvantage in the world you know not being able to say normal words thinking there's something wrong with vinaigrette i mean what world is this right it's such a disservice our our favorite pastime as children was when we would cross a dam uh you know, driving along and you'd cross a dam because then we could say damn. And so we'd all start making damn jokes, you know, yeah. oh, this is a, this is damn long, this road, you know, and and you, you'd get away with it while you were on the dam. Once yeah. we crossed the dam, damn no. jokes had to stop. <laughs> and that's it, because there's there's just something inherently that you want to express yourself. And we'll go through later that it actually is a, a, an incredible sign of creativity. It's not what that church essay said. I remember when I was in eighth grade, we had current events, and I decided to be really rebellious. I found an article in the paper about a dam in a place that was called Gad. It was the Gad Dam. And so on purpose, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell this story to my eighth grade, you know, lots of more there and I did I got up there I'm, I'm like I'm going to talk about the goddamn today and they're like oh you know but it was okay it was like a workaround but I still yeah. kind of got that little thrill of being able to swear about the gad dam <laughs> so what was your family like Wells I mean were there were they really you know strict um, about it? you said you had soap so yeah I mean it, it depended on the day um I you know it was a very do as I say not as I do yeah um, I got that a lot so you know if it if it applied to the situation it was hilarious right um or if it was if it had any sort of uh anger or, or bad feeling it was mouth in the in the soap and yep. or go to your room and think about what you've done yep. um you know i'm taking this and that away it's it is it's very just like matter of fact it has to be on a certain day and in the right mood and yep. um but you know hell shit and damn they were they were everywhere. It was yep. that was common in my entire family, except for when you did it uh, when they weren't expecting it or yeah. it didn't. It wasn't funny, you know. Yeah, that, no, I get the, that. That's the best story in, in Chris, Christmas story where the where the uh, boy swears oh, after no. his, he heard his dad say uh, the oh fudge yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly and, and of course he had his mom's it. calling the neighbor yes. and the neighbor kids getting beat for swearing <laughs> teaching him yep. swear words when it was his dad saying it the whole time i know yeah. i love that she's like where do you think my son heard that word and the other mother's like probably from his father <laughs> you know? yeah. like, yes it was from his father so you know and but sometimes it becomes like a family legend like we had when we had teenagers we had one christmas that was just nobody was getting along everybody was fighting even 
on Christmas Day under the Christmas tree. And somebody in the family said, well, Merry effing Christmas. You know, I mean, it was just this lashing out. I mean, at the time, it, it really actually broke the mood. We're like, oh, my gosh. You know, and we still laugh about that. Remember that one Christmas when it was the Merry effing Christmas? Yeah. Families do that. You know, it, it's just... Yeah. yeah. And, and, and learning, learning these words, you know, when you're a kid, you're just a parrot. You, you see everything that your parents do and you just replicate it. And grandparents, like yeah. I have a, I have a friend who has, oh, his, his, or her boy is, I think six or seven. Um, and she has a very TBM family. Like it, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, when they were hanging out with their, with, uh, his grandma and grandpa, he just openly said, Jesus is in hell. Just as you know, he's six years old. He just yeah, doesn't mean anything. That that grandpa was just like, What are they teaching these kids? Those ex-Mormon people. And it's oh. like, really? I think he learned it from you because you always say, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And you just yep. combine those two things. Yeah. This is in hell. Okay. Nope. That's exactly and right. You, like you got offended at what you were saying, and your grandchild is repeating back to you. Yeah. But they they would never see it that way. No, you're exactly right. And I don't think they even recognize sometimes the kind of rhetoric that you you would hear at church that is is like that along that lines. I remember one of my kids coming home from church. She was only about four, and he said, "I just learned today that you know the devil is in my heart." You know, and he's saying "devil," which is a very harsh word. We never say that in our house. You know, that can be seen as you know sort of a swearing type of type of word. You know, the devil and. I'm like, I never taught you that, but he learned that in Sunday school in a religious context, right? You're talking about hell. You're talking about that kind of thing. And you're going to pick up those words. So it is interesting that they can't recognize that in their own <laughs> vernacular. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. What's our next slide? Language? Okay. So here we go. Here's where it's going to get fun because anybody who grew up in a Mormon environment knows um, these are words that most people would consider really light. Um, but Mormons would consider extremely offensive. So Landon, do you want to read this list? <laughs> yes. Um, the first one is God used except yes. in direct prayer. Yes. And even then it is usually our father. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this one because when I was, when I got older, um, sometimes I got asked to go up and bless the sacrament because I was with the young, young men and we didn't have enough young men. And so when you get older, it hurts to get down on your knees to pray. So <laughs> I'd always kind of get down and it's like, oh, God, hear the word. <laughs> oh, God, the eternal father. <laughs> you just go on with the prayer. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, second one is damn. Uh, three is hell. Four yeah. is Jesus Christ or any other variation, evidently, yep. including G's. There's a uh, lot of bitch. variations. Piss, any reference to any genitalia, including the anatomically correct words, mm -hmm. any reference to homosexuality, mm -hmm. sex, or any reference to any sex act. Mm -hmm. And this is from something, an article I found called The Crash Course, A Crash Course in Mormon Swearing. So what they're trying to point out is that these words... Some of these aren't even used as swear words, but sometimes saying these words will completely shut um, Mormons down. And, you know, we should also say maybe anybody with a extreme religious background would probably be offended by a lot of these things but yeah it's wow. another reason that mormons don't often even refer to like i like the one any reference to genitalia including anatomically correct don't even use actual words in teaching their kids about things if, if they do so it's very interesting what do you think about this list wells 
Uh, I mean, it just looks like the list that we couldn't say growing up for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Piss, piss was a big one. Uh, man, my mom really hated piss. Um, Did it piss her off? It sure did. <laughs> it, it peeved her off real good. <laughs> peeved, peeved, yep. <laughs> I'm so peeved. Yeah, yep. Peeved. Um, my dad fact, had a weird uh... one. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, my, my dad had a real weird one. He he hated the word fart. He'd call it boof. Boof. Yeah, so you're yeah. making up all these. I don't know where you got it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of Mormon uh, substituted words for the word yeah. fart. Uh, there, there's just a whole list of yeah. them. Yeah. No, and we're going to talk about the list. I think we have that next. But no, I agree with you, Wells. It's so funny. In my family, this will date me. There was a mini series on TV back in the 80s called The Bastard. It was a famous book, The Bastard. And we wanted to watch the series. Um, so my mom went into the TV guide. For those of you that don't know that are younger, it was a little magazine that came out that showed when shows are on. She crossed out every time it said bastard and wrote in mustard. So we called it the mustard. So again, I'm that kid that goes to school and everybody's watching the bastard and talking about it. And I'm like, I love the mustard. And they're like, okay, yeah, you can't sit at my table at lunchtime. <laughs> because well, you are and, just so, you're so freaking handicapped, the mustard. Yeah. And and the effort that it takes that your mom did to. Yeah. You know that take you have to read through every line you're reading books just to make sure that they're they're being crossed out and like you looking through that you saw that it was crossed out and probably went well there's probably an actual word there yes. that I'm not getting yeah and and then you like you said you get completely disadvantaged when you get into yep. the adult world and yep. people are looking at you like you're three years old you know. <laughs> That's it. 100%. Yep. You said it exactly. The infantilization. So here we have a whole list of the classic Mormon swear words and phrases. Let's make Wells read this, Landon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Since he's known for these type of words. That's right. Know, we man. know how he operates. Let's make Wells read these. But, you know, and these are just some, but I looked through it. I This is exactly how we all talk. This is it. <laughs> yep. All right. So fudge, fetch, flip, freaking, or friggin', freaking suck fart yeah there it is there it is um, heck dang it dagnabbit darn <laughs> shot snap shut the front door that's a big one uh shoot butt bottom backslide poop crap the mormon sealer uh peeved oh my gosh crud scrud i haven't heard scrud yeah and then really. gully and gee whiz and yeah, so you never go gee whiz yeah there it is which yeah. g's is the conjunction of both of those words yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. And you do. You have grown ass people. Oop, there I swore they're saying, shut the front door. You know, yeah. and it's just so funny. You're dang, damn it. Yeah. And, and anytime I hear someone just like, if it's any sort of mild frustration, they're just like, you know, just like yeah. it, it, it. it's such a for me, it's I bond. I'm just like, oh, OK, I know. I know yeah. that this word is OK with yeah. him. I can kind of be myself a little bit. Yep. And we're going to talk about that. That is exactly one of the major functions culturally and in your tribe um, of swearing. Yep. That's well, the, exactly right. The, the very fact that you have to come up with substitute words mean that you need to have these words in your vocabulary. You have to have a way to express what this means. And so you say, oh, we don't like that word. So we're going to make another word that means exactly the same thing that we're going to use that that uh, everyone in our tribe understands to mean the very same thing, 
And, and, and so they're just using the, they're, 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 they're saying the same thing that they would have said yeah. if they just said the swear word That's it. in yeah. the first place. You're just changing two letters and it's a yep. completely different thing for yep. you. Yep. And it's totally acceptable that you're using it in the same way and your brain is sensing it in the same way. So that, all right, and you can say it over the pulpit too. Uh -huh. You know, you, you can say it fast and testimony meeting, any sort of talk. You can say all of these words and they're perfectly acceptable. Exactly. And missions, missionaries are notorious for the oh, yeah. freaking flipping, fetching yeah. converts, whatever. So, and then people get even more creative. Here's another list. Um, what the crap? I hear that a lot. Son mm. of a bishop. Darn to heck. Holy Moses. Um, shiitake mushrooms. Cheese and crackers. Yeah. Can you imagine a CEO? Cheese and crackers, everybody. We got to get going. You know, it's so old time. Shiitake mushrooms, you people. Get working. <laughs> Especially because oh. I learned that from Spy Kids. The shiitake oh. mushrooms. Oh. Okay. And like, if I heard any adults say that, I'd be like, yeah. you're you're going with shiitake mushrooms, huh? <laughs> you're like a kid. You're like a kid. That's right. Um, Holy shish kebabs. Um, friggin' Fracking, frickin', flamin', fetchin', flippin'. Boy, I feel like I'm back with my teenagers again when they were young. That was what they all said. Uh, fugly, um, cussed, fiddlestick, son of a biscuit eater, son of a bleep, uckin', fugly. Yeah, that's a hard one to do. When you start inverting the letters, you're eventually going to make a mistake, right? And just come right out. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Um, gosh, dang it. Yep. Hear that one a lot. Darn it. Crap. Yep. I feel like I'm in a Napoleon Dynamite movie right now. <laughs> um, and look, the world laughed along with Napoleon Dynamite because they're all going, what is this odd language he's speaking? Yeah. <laughs> and all yep, the Mormons was... are going, he's got to be from around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, arse. That's right. Fart bag. Hmm. And Jiminy Cricket. I mean, this list could go on and on. I hope that our listeners and viewers are right now thinking about what they used to say when they were young. Leave it in the comments. There's just so many like this. And people do get kind of creative. It's, it's kind of fun. But like Lennon said, they're all used in the same way as the regular words. They're used with the same passion. They trigger the same thing in your brain. So you are swearing. Even if you think you're not, you are swearing. And it's it's just like if you were speaking a, a foreign language mm -hmm. and you were translating it from one language to the other. As soon as somebody says this, you know exactly what they're saying. You know, mm -hmm. when they say crap, you know what they're saying. When they say fark, you know what, they're, mm -hmm. what their intended meaning is. So in your mind, you're doing the translation yeah. anyway to that to that word that you know what it is. So. And you don't even have to think about it. It's just yeah. there. Yep, it's just there. Yep. That is absolutely right. All right, let's move on to our next slide and we'll talk more. Oh, and I had to add this because this is the one I said nonstop all through high school and college, the granddaddy of them all. Oh, my heck. Oh, my heck. Oh, my heck. Yeah, that was me. I If I had a nickel for Every time I said, oh, my heck, I would have made back most of my tithing, I think. So. Yeah. What the heck was it for me? You know, yeah. what the heck's going on? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> well, and you made a good point, Landon. Like, you know, when even with kids and stuff, you can talk and talk. And then when you want to get serious, there are certain words that you can use that they know dad's serious. Right. And they instantly know this is not something that we take lightly if you use certain language, you know? And, and for me too, I did that with my kids. I go, come on, you guys. Oh my gosh, can't you just get, and finally I'd go look, you know, and whether it's tone or word, there's a way that you have to let people know that you're serious. 
Yeah, when you're driving down the street and the kids are misbehaving on the back seat of the car and dad goes, hey, you freaking kids, settle down. They they just keep going. But when yeah. you say, you kids better settle down, <laughs> they know dad's, dad is pissed. I can't <laughs> imagine you ever saying word. that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine you say that. But yeah, there's certain times, you know, what we're saying is there are places where these words are appropriate. So did your parents, I, you said, Wells, that your parents did swear sometimes, but it was kind of like, yeah, so my dad would do it under his breath. Yeah, um, yes. But my mom, my mom was very vocal. Like my mom's whole side, um, they they swore quite a bit. They just, you know, they used everything but that word and the c word. Yeah. Yep, yeah. it's a sliding scale, that's for sure. All right, let's look at our next slide. So, okay, so believe it or not, and I don't know if people that are younger have heard of this, but there was a person in the Quorum of the Twelve known as the Swearing Apostle. And this was Jay Golden Kimball. And people loved this because it made him feel a little edgy, like they could listen to Jay Golden Kimball, right? But his swearing, it was not really swearing. It was, you know, it was so light, but people felt kind of, wow, I'm I'm living on the edge. I'm listening to Jay Golden. So let's look at- well, I, I think he justified them swearing. They could say- Ah, he does it too, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. But he was he a hero growing up. Everybody loved Jay Golden Kimball. They'd always reference him. I mean, he lived yeah. he lived way before my time, but yeah. everyone still was was referring to him in that time frame. And I believe he's related to Spencer W. Kimball, yeah. the anesthesiologist raising. Don't say that <laughs> uh, person. So you don't read about this. Uh, you don't read a lot about Jay Golden Kimball quotes in the in the church uh handbooks when yeah, they want yeah. to but i found lesson. some and, and i also when i looked at his picture i thought was he in the movie babe that old movie i mean oh, yeah. he, <laughs> that'll do that'll, do, that'll do he also he looks like beaker from the muppets <laughs> and he looks like beaker from the muppets I, i'm sorry we should not attack people personally but it is we a funny should, picture uh, i think the picture might have been elongated a little it bit but elongated yeah here are some of his quotes and these were just like folksy witticisms you know that the churches went oh that's jay golden you know they it was just they had this idea that it was okay so he said i may not always walk the straight and narrow but i sure as hell try to cross it as often as i can you know so there he is saying hell and everyone's like whoo they get a little thrill do you want to read the next one landed a sermon should be like a woman's dress, long enough to cover the essentials, but short enough to keep your attention. <laughs> I love that. Uh. <laughs> I think that's really good. I really no, like it's that. A great, so so yeah, not it's only a great swearing, metaphor. but he just kind of pushed the edge on little, little risque kind of a stage. Mm. Do you want to be the next one, Wells? Uh, I don't know about this here eternal marriage business, but it seems to me that if you can't live with the sons of bitches on earth, the Lord won't force you to remain with them in heaven. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that too. Isn't that great? I mean, it was not only swearing, it was just like kind of straight facts, right? I mean, he was kind of saying it like it is. So I love that. If if you can't live with the sons of bitches on earth, you don't have to. He's great. There's some there's some tape recordings of him that you can get. I say tape recordings. They were on tape and you can find them online. But it's really funny. He just had this folksy, kind of like a comedian, kind of how he was. Yeah. So let's see. He says, uh, what can God do for a liar who refuses to repent? Can the Lord save him? He can't claim salvation. Baptizing him in water will not settle the trouble unless you keep him under. So it's, you know, just these little witticisms that are so funny. Do you want to read the next one, Landon? 
I believe if I had a house in hell and a house in St. George, I'd rent out the one in St. George and live in hell. I really would. <laughs> Clearly, he's talking about the summers in St. George. <laughs> Clearly, he hates St. George. <laughs> and again, I agree with him. Yeah. yeah. And again, look how much fun we're having reading these. You know what I yeah. mean? Of course, the people got excited when he got up to speak at conference. I mean, the rest of it is wah, 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 wah. And then you have Jay Golden and, you know, you just kind of smile and he's actually speaking some truth. All right, let's read the next one. Wells, can you read that? Yeah. Some people say a person receives a position in the church through a, a revelation and others say that uh, they get it through inspiration. But I say they get it through relation. If I hadn't been related to Herbie C. Kimball, I wouldn't have been a a damn thing in this church. Again, I agree. <laughs> yeah, straight facts. He's like, if I weren't his, and I don't know what he was, a nephew or something of Heber C, but absolutely true. He wouldn't be an apostle if he hadn't been related. And he yep. said it. So, these these, uh, these very Mormon names like Kimball or McConkie yep. or Ballard, yep. you know, yep. they, they're well connected. I think very I think well we should connected. call his talking truth mingled with profanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. We should all enjoy truth mingled with profanity. He's he trying it. to get people to think a little bit, maybe. Yeah, no, and that's what I see from this is that it's got humor. Um, it has some swear words that kind of jar you out of your stupor, and then it has some truth, some truth mm -hmm. that other people are not saying. So I like Jay Golden. I'm a fan right now. Um, last one. Well, I've almost got the problem licked. I'm 80 now. And in a few more years, I'll, I think I'll have it completely under control, referring to his love of coffee. So, yeah, this guy's my hero now. I love this. We might have to do a whole episode on Jay, on Jay Golden, Landon. Seems like, seems like this guy went through the belly of the beast to try and get people out. Yep. I, I feel like he might be maybe an Exmo hero. I don't know. He definitely was bringing up things with humor uh, that other people weren't saying out loud. So, and that's the I best way to do it is with humor. Uh, it is the best way to do it. And it humanized him. That's why people love him is yeah. it, it he's a humanized apostle. He's not this level that nobody can get to. He's right. our guy. He does the same thing we do. He yeah. he's showing that he has weaknesses and he's not afraid to say I've got some weaknesses. He's human when he says this and the swear words just add into that that he's not a perfect man. But yeah. Recently, we've been taught these are the, you know, these are perfect men. Of course, they'll say they're not perfect. They're only human. But, oh, what's the, what, what are they doing that's not perfect? Well, they won't tell you that. But here no. you can see these guys are, are, are uh, he's human. He's human. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love the example. All right. Let's forge ahead. Okay. So we've, we've alluded to it a little bit. We've talked about it, but let's really dive into what is the function of swearing? Because there's a function, an absolute necessary part of speech. There is a function. Um, so I took this from an article called Mormon Swearing, a freaking bad idea. <laughs> These titles are great. So in this article, it says linguist Timothy Jay, a professor at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts and author of Cursing in America, studies the use of profanity from a biological as well as a social standpoint. There is a huge biological element, everybody. Um, I think our human brain has evolved cursing as an emotional expression, he says. It allows us to communicate emotions to each other with language rather than hitting each other. We can tell other people um, unambiguously how we feel. Profanity, he says, comes from the space between the primitive brain and the more developed brain. It allows for a more efficient expression of emotion and euphemisms for profanity serve this same 
purpose. What do you think of that statement, Wells? I think this is what you were saying before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Uh, I mean, it, hel it helps me when I'm frustrated and I can mm -hmm. just kind of start cursing or mm -hmm. it, it just it helps get it out. Um, I was going to say something else, but it, it must have slipped my mind. I'll probably come back to it. <laughs> say a swear um, word. It'll come back. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Landon, what do you think? And then what maybe Wells can get back to his thought that he was going to say. I think what he's saying here is swearing is what makes us human. Swearing mm -hmm. is what differentiates us from the animals. That's the true. animals fight. They The rams they bang each, each other's other. head. A deer ram each other. <laughs> animals right. fight over things. People right. can can express emotion instead of fighting and they can argue and they can communicate and swearing is part of the communication. Mm -hmm. So as he says here, it, we don't have to fight. Sometimes we can get heated and we can argue and that relieves the tension. Eventually that anger comes out. You both express what you want and you calm down and you come to a reasonable conclusion without coming to fisticuffs. And mm -hmm. so swearing is part of what makes us human. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. Yeah. And, and again, it's something that's really put in check um, by a religion. You can't do that. You shut that down. You feel like doing it. You stop it. You sing a hymn. You say flipping, friggin' fetching, flipping. You know? But right. it, do it doesn't have the same effect. And we'll talk about that later. And that's that's because you're holding back when you're saying that. You're trying yes. to control it. So you're yes. saying, ah. So you didn't get the anger out because you're you're no. still suppressing it because no. you're holding back, trying not to say it. But when yep. you just let it out, then it that's a relief. <laughs> yeah, it's cathartic. It's very cathartic. Yes. And then you move on. You're exactly right. You don't have yeah. to hit somebody over the head with a coconut like a chimp. You can say, and, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and provided you use it in the right context, you can really like, you know, kind of break someone's brain a little bit and be like, you know, hey this is what it is like you yeah. you have to see it like this and it can really emphasize a point that that no other word can really do so so that is exactly right there is no other word that will do that because like the this article says it's that primitive brain reaching out to your developed brain and there's there's an actual response it, and a release and no other word fits that it's like a verbal smelling salt you know when it just like, and yeah. sometimes that's what it does yeah yeah Nope, that's exactly right. Yeah, this is so interesting. I've really loved looking into this. So uh, more on Mormon swearing. Landon, do you want to read this? <laughs> yeah, linguistically, the words serve a variety of purposes. BYU linguistics professor William Egg Eggington says, profanity is often used to shock others, but it can also be a bonding mechanism. Using it around another person lets them know that you tr trust them while at the same time informing them that you are not a prim or proper person. Because of their similarity to tradition, profan traditional profanity, Mormon swear words serve these same purposes, he says. While they aren't exactly the same, they draw attention to the fact that the speaker knows those traditional bad words and could use them if he wanted to. It's like the nuclear option. Okay, I'm yeah. going to say crap, but if I have to, I'm going to shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly right. So it is all tribal. It is all cultural. And his point is that, you know, the Mormon crowd, they all agree. We're not going to say this other word. We're going to replace it with this. And we know you could say that, but you're a good person. So we know you're going to say this so that you're bonded into the group. You're kind of announcing your intention. Whereas somebody that comes in and does say shit or whatever, they're not part of the group. They're instantly like I like I explained about my my husband when he was trying to talk to somebody and the conversation was fine until he said God and then you're not part of my group you said a word we don't say I don't care if you're crying out for help we're done you know and and it can also you know the newest Mormon swear word Mormon um, oh my gosh you you can't yeah. say the word <laughs> yes. Mormon anymore if if you call someone a Mormon that yes. is strictly from Utah or Utah County in particular you just said a swear word you just said the F word or the C word, you lose all credibility in their mind. They shut down just because you didn't call them the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, it, point. That, that we need to go along. back and put that on our list. I know. And no, that, that is that such a great point. With, that goes along with changing words that these places, they rebrand so that they can reinvigorate their people to, to stand up for the church, stand up for what they believe in. And yeah, it's it, like I said, like we've been talking about, you know, language is the most important tool we have and it gets manipulated really easily. That is such a good point, Landon. This is why we have younger people on our show, because neither of us even thought of that. And that is literally the best example of this. I'm so glad you brought that up, Wells. We need a slide for that. No, that is absolutely the best example. And that does shut down conversations. People mm -hmm. just, that will shut down this podcast. Some it, people may tune I've, in. And as soon as I say Mormon, they'll turn it off. So. I, I work I work with people who one man says Mormon, the other man says LDS, and you can see, you can feel the tension between those two words, between those two guys that have known each other for years. You know, it's, it's, it's strange. Yeah. And it's just because a religious leader said, now this word is a swear word or an appropriate word. Or it's a win for the devil. Even worse. Yes. It's a victory for Satan. Someone has told you this. And so this is now you have an actual physical response to it. You recoil when you hear the word Mormon now. I keep raising my hand and it keeps raising my hand on the screen. That's really <laughs> yes. funny. And, and I grew I grew up with Gordon B. Hinckley and Monson where they said, call yourselves Mormon. Yeah. I'm a Mormon. They had the whole the whole thing going through middle school and high school. Everybody yeah. put on their banner, I'm a Mormon. Yes. President now, Benson saying, I'm a Mormon I'm boy. I'm a Mormon boy. He had this song. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and the reason our podcast is called Mormon-ish is because we will never not call ourselves Mormons. That's who we are. That's how we were raised. We're still culturally Mormons. We are Mormons. And I've gotten in arguments with people. We are not even a Mormon. I am a Mormon. I'm probably yeah. more Mormon than you are. So, and I'm not going to consider that a inappropriate word. It's not. It wasn't before. And just because one person has said it, that I'm not going to. Not going to abide by that. So, wow, great point. I'm just mad we didn't have a slide to match, Landon. Dang it. We need to we need to call Wells in more often and run our slideshows past him. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the swearing correspondent. That's right. Our special correspondent on profanity, Wells. Yes, we'll have you back for sure. All right, let's keep going. So, yeah, cultural and part of the tribe. So this was really interesting to me. I had heard this, but I hadn't looked into the science behind it so that strange picture is actually a hand in a bucket of water it looks a little weird like a jelly oh yeah <laughs> ice water yeah that's ice i know it's like what is that around. ice water right so um so this article was called swearing the fastest the fastest acting pain reliever of them all um 
So it says repeating the F word increases our ability to tolerate pain. Scientists have just proven the unique power of swearing by inventing fake obscenities and comparing them to the classics. When people said, let's see, twiz pipe and fouch, they tolerated far less pain um, than they did while saying the F word. Um, just a few years ago, scientists showed us using obscene language was actually a sign of intelligence, implying a greater mastery of vocabulary. An aptly timed swear word is like adding salt to a bland dish. It brings out the flavor, but who knew profanity could actually be good for us? About a, And this article is, I think, a decade old. So over a decade ago, the first evidence surfaced that swearing or the use of taboo language conveying um, connotative information had pain-reducing effects. Past research had demonstrated that repeating a swear word helped people tolerate physical pain. It even helped decrease the social pain of being excluded. And this was really interesting to me. So this experiment, which is um, which this picture uh, kind of shows, is they took subjects and they had a ice bath, like a bucket of ice water. And first they would have them put their hand in without saying anything. And they would time how long that hand could go in the bucket. You know, ooh, can't, you know. So then they would give them these imaginary words like twiz pipe and fouch and they'd say put your hand in the bucket and you know see if saying those words is going to help you keep your hand in because it's very painful to have your hand in ice water mostly the subjects just laughs you know they get twist pipe it doesn't do any good but when they let them swear whatever they wanted to say with their hand in the bucket and they're like you know they could keep it in 30% yeah. longer. They could withstand that pain because it accesses that primal part of your brain and it allows you to be stronger, to withstand pain. What do you think about that study, Wells? And I, I, I think it helps you understand like maybe the danger you're in or or like, you know, the if, if someone's able, you know, let's say take it back primitively, we were being chased by lions in Africa. If someone were to exclaim, hey, like, something's out there we got to yeah. run it helps you understand the gravity of a certain situation yep. um like we were talking about before that you guys demonstrated so so clearly but yeah it's just um it helps me i know it helps yep. me if, if i ever stub my toe my mm -hmm. wife ever stubs my toe it's the first four or five words yep combined you know it's it's doesn't yeah, make no, any you're sense. not wrong no it's fight or flight it accesses that and that adrenaline and you do it's your go-to it's your abs. Like I woke up the other night, I was having like a leg cramp. I was like, you know, just woken out of sleep with this extreme pain. I don't know what happened. It was some kind of cramp. And I was swearing like a drunken sailor. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to jump out of bed. I'm trying to hobble around the bed. I'm stopping my leg. But you do, you swear and it helps. It just releases that fight or flight. It just kind of gives you the endorphins and the boost. What do you think about that idea, Landon, that swearing can be used as pain relief? Well, I, I, I know it's true uh, because <laughs> I, I know it's true. <laughs> I, I want to testify that I, I was in the military and oh. a lot of times they'd make us, you know, hey, you got to get across that freezing cold river and make a raft and you, you guys all got to get your stuff across. And every time people would head into that cold water, you just hear a litany of profanity coming as everybody's trying to just get themselves to. I got to walk into the river. I got to get all the way in to get across. And right. they'd just be, you know, you'd always hear that. Same thing with uh, all the physical st stress that they try to put on you. That's how you overcame it. You would swear, you would cuss. You you knew you could do it because that just getting to that point of swearing like that does relief, 
release those endorphins that get you going, oh, I can do this, you know? Yeah. So absolutely true. Yep, it's important. And when you're told when you're in an infantile state and you can't say those words, it's just, I think it's just bottled up. I mean, what do you say? I don't know. Really interesting. Let's go to our next one. This this is the one where I'd heard of um, as far as pain relief, um, the idea you're in labor, right? There's all those jokes about the nicest little lady came in in labor, but boy, when she was going oh, through yeah. that, you know, intense pain, you're like oh, cussing out the doctor, cussing out the husband. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. You can withstand pain uh, to a greater degree if you do that. So um, same article, it says the fact that we instinctively curse, which is what Wells just said, first five words are always going to be, you know, that, or me jumping up in the middle of the night, half asleep and what comes out of my mouth, oh, my soul, you know, um, the fact that we instinctively curse when we are in pain is probably because we know, I would say intuitively that it helps. Scientists want to know what that is. They know swearing induces a stressed related um what is that word i can't even read and that yeah uh, some kind of reaction i think it's like an anesthesia <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking yeah I, I, uh, but how it is because swearing provokes our emotions enough to get a response in our um, autonomic nervous system as some studies have shown or does swearing reduce our pain because it distracts us that's another good point another proven technique perhaps it distracts us because swearing is funny. And that is true too. Apparently the F word rated in the top 1% of funniest words. And I think that's true. You know, when I became more self-aware of myself, staggering on my bed, saying the F word, stomping my foot, there is an element of being able to look at yourself and going, oh my God, what yeah. is happening? So it kind of gives you all those things. I mean, it's amazing, the human body, what it can do to protect itself and, and to help itself to survive in these situations. So what do you think, Wells? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I had to look up that word. Uh, yeah. Analgesia. Sorry. How do we pronounce it? Oh is my that gosh. analgesia? That's got to be I in the top half percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a swear word. I think it's analgesia, analgesia. Yeah. That's um, how I was going to pronounce it, but I get crucified all the time. Anytime we say something wrong, we'll hear it in the comments. <laughs> you guys are idiots. <laughs> uh, apparently it's the inability to feel pain. Okay. Okay. There we go. So reading it in that way, a stress relief related um, induces a stress related way that you do not feel pain. So kind of a fight or flight, you know, or like, you know, you hear stories of somebody has to lift a car off some, you know, you just have this, your human body is pretty amazing. If you can activate these things, you can do superhuman things. And and I think that language that that might, might be part of it. Well, I mean, the, the first thing that God did was he said, let there be light. He spoke. The first thing was the word, you know, it was. It, it, it it's everything and i don't know i i just keep going back to the term you just if if it's used in the right context and and it's just there's no other word it's mm -hmm. just perfect there's no other word yep you said it that's exactly right what do you think Landon? i i can't imagine a woman giving birth and grabbing a hold of her husband and saying you know this to me i mean she's <laughs> gonna be using much harsher words than that yeah. you know flip and fetch and flip <laughs> Yeah. It's so freaking hard. No. Yeah. No, and the idea I've read before that like you touched on it before, Landon, that you know, people will say, Oh, I'm a nurse in a nursing home. And these older church ladies or gentlemen that have not said a word their entire life, you know, when their cognition is changing, that mm -hmm. is what comes out. And I have heard that 
as we said, about leaders in the church too. And it does not mean that they've lost their moral compass or whatever. It's simply a physiological reaction and it's your primitive brain and it's not what we think. Yeah. It's, it's just activating that fire flight uh, mm -hmm. in the primate yeah. brain. You can see it in gorillas, chimpanzees. It's all the same. They exclaim. Everybody understands what that is. Mm -hmm. And they, they start acting appropriately. Yep. No, yeah. you are not wrong. It's in the animal kingdom everywhere. So that brings us, I think, to our next slide. This was interesting. Yes. This has all the components that Mormons maybe don't want to talk about. Oh, we're going to talk about swearing and sex. Landon, do you, I know you want oh, to read Oh, sure. This. <laughs> you pass that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the limbic system is the part of the brain that controls our instincts and emotions, explains Daniel Amita, a PhD candidate specializing in neuroscience and psychiatry at McGill University. Within the limbic system is a smaller area of the brain known as the hypothalamus. When you climax, Amita says, the hypothalamus releases endorphins. The hypothalamus, our climax control center, is also where our instinct to swear comes from. Translation, when you reach orgasm, you might have an urge to swear. Thanks, brain. Swearing heightens emotions. Just like an orgasm, swearing can also make you feel real good. Swearing enhances our emotions, whatever they might be, says Dr. Emma Byrne, author of Swearing is Good for You. According to her research, swearing is an emotional intensifier humans use in both negative and positive situations, including sex. Swearing gives you an increased heart rate and more adrenaline courses through your nervous system, she says. So if you're feeling aroused and happy, you're going to intensify that with feeling with swearing. Bottom line, swearing during sex is totes normal. And if you're into it, you should yell fuck <laughs> from the rooftops. <laughs> and there you go. There you go. I read a social a post on one of the faithful, it was years ago, where it was about that. It was kind of like, um, I'm recently married and during intimacy, you know, it was, it was said in a very nice way. But basically, this poor guy was saying, my wife swears like a sailor when <laughs> we're engaging in our new pastime, you know, and I can see that that might cause problems if you had this other idea of swearing from the church handbook where you read something like this and it's all just part of, you know, the natural reaction that you're having to an all over experience, I guess. What do you think, Wells? <laughs> well, I mean, personally, I take it as a compliment, you know, That's um, it. Yep. if, if that that just shows that I'm doing my part or there's a right. connection or, or, you know, right. like it's, it's, it means something yeah. to me. It's, it's a total compliment. Yep. Nope. And that's wonderful that you see it that way because that's exactly what it does mean. It means that somebody is enjoying their time. That's exactly right. What do you think, Landon? Uh, I, 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 what, what could you say? I got to see Mormons sex swearing. Oh, fatch, oh, fatch, oh, fatch. Oh, flip, flip, flip. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. We shouldn't make light. It's a very, it's a personal thing. This is an extremely personal area of swearing, but I think the bottom line I'd like to get across is if that happens inadvertently, it doesn't mean, you know, if you're in that religious construct, it doesn't mean that you've sinned by swearing. It's all part of it. And your hypothalamus has been activated and it's just going to happen. So it's very natural, I think is what we're trying to say. Natural and human. Yep. Natural and human. Yep. And so <laughs> I had to make this because there, <laughs> there was a, uh, it was an article, I think, an article that came out a year or so ago, and it was all over uh, post-Mormon social media, 
where the church had said something like, you know, make sure there are three in your relationship, you and your spouse and Jesus, you know, and it said something like have a threesome with Jesus. <laughs> they quickly changed it after people pointed out what that meant. But so I wrote a threesome with G's, you know, G's us. Um, and the quote is sprinkling conversations with expletives related to sexual intimacy <clears throat> demeans the sacredness of the divinely ordained union of a man and a woman within the bounds of marriage. So that's from the church. It says, we don't do that. It demeans the intimacy. And in fact, we're talking about exactly the opposite. It bonds you together. So and again, AI, uh, don't ever type into AI art, um, threesome with Jesus, because you, <laughs> well, you'll get a lot of things that say, this does not meet community standards. <laughs> And then you might get banned like me. But yeah. So I finally arrived. I arrived at this picture where actually the guy in the bed looks kind of like Jesus. He looks but, like Jesus. Yeah. But there's a big poster, a picture of Jesus above. So, so again, the religious point of view is that has no place, you know, in intimacy. But most people understand, like well said, you know, that just means there's a there's a big time connection happening, and it can and, be seen in a very positive way. And, and that's when, just when my, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, Wells. Uh, just when we got married, uh, we got a picture of Jesus. It wasn't that big, but it was very similar, uh, very white Jesus. And, um, I remember looking at my wife and just being like, where are we going to put this? But, you know, I, I don't want it over our bed because that, that destroys our intimacy. Yeah. I don't want to put it over the TV because we like to watch stuff that is not, you know, good for, for your spirituality. Apparently. Right. So it's like, there's, there's really, there was really no room for, for a threesome with Jesus. You know, we, <laughs> we didn't want to, we didn't want to have our house kind of always, yeah. you know, you have that in the back of your mind. It's like, oh, this is, this is where we come to chill. Yeah. No, so you're saying there was no room for Jesus in your home. I understand yeah. now why you've arrived at where you are, but I agree. I moved into an apartment in college and um, some other girls had lived there before. And so they had it kind of decorated and I walked into the bathroom and there was that famous picture of Jesus with his arms out, you know, leading all the spirit children. It was right over the toilet. I'm like, yeah. what is this? For, what What is this freaking fetching doing here? Honestly, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just... it's like, I can tell what you're trying, how you're trying to raise your kids. <laughs> yeah, I can tell what you're trying to do that. I And I, oh my gosh, have you seen those posts of people that put pictures of Jesus in the shower and oh, scripture yeah. quotes, and you know why they're doing that, because, you know, they're trying to influence any other activities that might happen in the shower uh, to Go make ahead. sure that they don't. But, I, <laughs> and this isn't swearing, but again, it's like this overreach and this religiosity into the just natural functions and parts of life, you know, that it does not belong there. You do not have to feel bad if you're using language that you and your spouse are comfortable with. Right. I, I think you should have put the picture in the closet and then Jesus would have to be in the closet with a lot of us, uh, that, you know, <laughs> for, for different, whether it's faith or sexuality or other things, yeah. uh, he'd know what it was like, but this, this statement's just, just bull crap. If anyone knows that, uh, you're the person you're married to is the one person you can talk about things with in a manner that you don't talk to anyone else about. And it doesn't demean the, the, the uh, uh, sacredness of something when you can talk openly and with that one person it absolutely increases the bond where you say ah do you like that or do you want this or 
you know, what do you think of this? Or you're swearing as you're doing it. And that's absolutely, you, you know, they don't do that with anybody else. They only open up that much to right. bad saying there uh, for me. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. what it's about. That's why you bond with somebody like yeah. that, you know? So yeah. they, nope. they've that's right. stolen even that act. I was going to say the overreach is so extreme that it's into the most intimate moments of your life where you're, you know, even if nobody is telling you not to do that, you still in the back of your mind, having been raised in that high demand, high control, you're going to be thinking to yourself, like the post I read, is this wrong? Is there something wrong? When really it's whatever you and your spouse, you know, whatever works for you. So Interesting. All right. Let's go on to our next slide. I think we're almost wrapping up here. Okay. Yeah, this is a great list. And I gathered this from a couple of different articles and a couple different places. And we've covered a lot of these. Um, why swear? We've been told by the church why not to swear. All those reasons in, in all those stories and all the articles and things and lessons. But um, according to popular science and opinion, why swear? Pain tolerance. We talked about that. It's actually a sign of creativity, a perfectly placed word that your culture accepts as something that's really dramatic. You're creative when you're talking. Um, it's a world language. I think Wells kind of talked about that. Everybody knows what you're saying when you use that word in that way. It can actually even improve your speech. I think that has to do with um, just thinking about how to craft what you're saying, you know, and being more creative. I think that speaks to that. Increases strength. We talked about that. It's cathartic, absolutely cathartic. And believe it or not, it actually engages both sides of your brain. I read about that, which is absolutely fascinating. It's a word that transcends both spheres of your brain, which is, mm -hmm. and they said that is why, that is why in maybe the final stages of cognition kind of fading, that is why it's on both sides. And it is a word that's going to come out because both sides of your brain utilizes that word. Um, it's a sign of intelligence, despite, I think it actually said in the church statement, it shows low intelligence, but no, it's actually a sign of intelligence. It's a sign of honesty. You can trust someone. It, like what you said was very honest. Well, she said, geez, I'm really sorry. That was an honest statement. You felt sorry for the you know inconvenience that you were causing this doctor. It was a sign of an honest emotion and then it was slapped back at you. Um, it helps you cope. We talked about that. And it avoids actual violence. Um, any thoughts on any of these, Wells or Landon? I thought this was a great list. It really kind of explains what it is. It's more than what we think. I mean, yeah, uh, I agree with the sign of creativity for sure. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a very uh, creative household, or at least we try to. Just my my wife and my sister-in-law and I, um, we have decorations everywhere. It's all different colors. Whenever, you know, I get done doing something creative, whether it's learning a song, you know, whatever, writing a song with my wife, it's it's coming up with the right concepts to make everything look beautiful because she likes to do interior design and architecture. And it's always met with a fuck yeah. You know, it's, it's always just like, <laughs> yes, I did it. This it worked out. It, it, yeah. it, it went through. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. It's it's the, it comes up yep. with the catharsis and, and it helps you feel like you're a lot more intelligent after the experience. And you can just you can just say, yes, I did it. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I feel good just hearing that story. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it transcends everything. It's in creativity. It's in athletics. It's in anything, any accomplishment that as a human being, 
you're going to do. You can use that word to express, I did this. And it means something and everybody else knows what you're saying, that it's important to you. So, And, you and they, they understand the context. Yeah, like uh -huh. you said, it's, yep. it's important to you. They're just like, oh, it, it means something. That means that I have to have the right energy to, to be like, yeah, you did that, man. Nice job. Yep. yep. It's a world language, as the list says. Everybody knows what you mean. Yep. It meant something to you. What do you think, Landon, about the list? Jeez, uh, who thought the word geez would cause so much uh, or, or cover so many areas? <laughs> That's right. That's I'm it. glad well said geez. <laughs> I am too. No, because I'd never, I mean, I'd kind of been thinking about these things, but once we knew we were, you know, he agreed to come on, we're like, I'm really going to dig in and find out what swearing is all about. And I, I just learned a ton, you know, things I kind of thought or were thinking around, but, you know, to read the different articles and uh, look into it, I, I hope everybody and geez, Rebecca, I didn't know you were going to go through all that work. And I appreciate, you know, <laughs> what you did and how Jesus. much time. Look, he suckered me. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't stand that word. Oh, my God. <laughs> that uh, sounds worse than a lot of the words that uh, we use, that's for sure. <laughs> I know, but again, I also have to think about this medical, before we get to this, this medical professional, you know, that you interacted with. And I'm sure they're a lovely person who wants to help people. But again, it's just like the relative that stopped my husband. It's like, I can't go on. I can't hear. And that's just years and years of high demand, high control. They have a physiological reaction to hearing those words you know so i think you just have to look at people on that in and, that way and it's yeah i don't think anything really less of of this doctor or like i wouldn't i, I don't know i just the only reason why i report it is because it's unethical and it's against yeah. the symbolic oath that she took yes. to help people in need regard like it's all right there and yeah. uh, it was just the blatant discrimination but also um, I, I, I don't hold anything against her. It's like, yeah, you were trying to exercise what you thought was right, mm -hmm. but you just didn't do it in the right context. Sorry. And it's yeah. extremely professional. So you have to learn that, that this is, you know, this is the way the world works. This is, yeah. you have to get used to it. No, no, you see it extremely clearly. I mean, it's like what an EMT comes to an accident scene and the man laying under the car says, oh my God, please help me. And they say, I'm sorry, I can't. You, have to you change use that mind. word. I mean, it's very similar, right? It's it's the same as, you know, a same-sex couple going to a county clerk to get a marriage license. And they say, I don't agree with what you're doing. I will not give you a marriage license. There's all kinds of situations that you could draw parallels to. What do you think about that, Landon? Yeah, there's a lot of places in our professional life where we do something that we don't do in our personal life. But that's because we're not representing ourselves in our professional life. We're representing uh our, our profession, we're representing our company, if we work for a company. Uh, and so uh, sometimes you do what they say, even though it's not what you would do, because they're the ones that, that that's the professional things to do. And you have to put aside your own personal feelings uh, when dealing with the, with the public at large. And it was just completely inappropriate for a medical professional uh, to, uh, to refuse service over something such as this i mean it's just like you said an emt accident what if they show up and you're wearing a cross uh they're not gonna do anything to you uh and then they're gonna lecture you that you need to be converted to the lord jesus christ if you're wearing the star of david before you can receive medical attention i mean religion has no place in the professional environment and and 
granted will that swearing also it should be limited in a professional environment because as we said swearing is something that is more intimate when you're swearing it's a more of an intimate thing um and so those who are closest to you when you swear in front of them they know oh i i know him i understand where he's coming from whereas if you're just in a professional environment swearing right in front of, they don't know you they don't it, it becomes too intimate too quickly so you yeah. do have to control it no one's saying that you can just go say whatever you want anytime right. you want but but you do have to use rationale in there and you can't use this oh the prophet said not to swear and therefore i'm gonna now be the world's enforcer on language yeah no that's a really good point and then uh, the other thing I thought about, it came up in several articles, are uh, Mormons and the media. This was from an article called The Crash Course on Mormon Swearing. And I think this is one of our last points we're going to talk about. But um, the author of this article said, uh, but I will also say that there are times when I am sad that a truly great piece of art cannot be appreciated by Mormons because of the supposed bad language in it. Consider here a long list of superb award-winning movies rated R which Mormons will faithfully avoid. And that's why I have this picture of glory here. Back in my day, this was it. Everybody wanted to see glory because they'd heard it was so amazing, but it was rated R. And I actually looked it up a couple of days ago. What What's in it? There's two S words. There's one F word that said, like in the heat of battle, there's some gory battle scene. It's just life, right? And and I do know some Mormons that said, oh, don't tell anybody. I went and saw glory, you know? But again, this is only one example. There are so many amazing things that you could see and, and experience, but you're not allowed to because just across the board, you say, nope, they're swearing. It's rated R. I will not go. That's a whole nother episode is the rating system. Oh my gosh. I have uh, very strong opinions about the whole R-rated thing, but that's for another date. Um, they go on to say there are truly times when curse words are expressive of an experience in life that no other words can substitute for. There are times in the Mormon quest for goodness that it feels like we are denying the reality of what life is for those who are truly living in the dark. Exactly. Um, and sometimes when I read books by Mormons meant to be read by Mormons or movies aimed at the same audience, I feel like we are pulling punches and refusing to allow people to react as they truly would or to deal with some of the real evils that in the are is in the world out there. That doesn't feel to me like we are holding ourselves to a high standard or that we are lifting others up. It feels like we are instead living in a bubble to protect ourselves and those we love from the real life terrors that we ought instead to be facing head on and trying to alleviate rather than avoid. Like Schindler, Schindler's List, right? Do you remember that, Landon? You're probably too young, Wells, but that came out yep. horrific, but needs to be seen, right? We've got to face them head on and try to alleviate them rather than avoid. What do you think about Mormons in the media, Wells? Um, well, I mean, just this instance brings up a very clear memory, um, long, you know, probably maybe 10 years ago, I was working at uh, Best Buy and um, the PS4s had just come out. Uh, the Last of Us uh, video game was a big one. Uh, yeah. And if, for those of you who don't know, it's it's a very profane and very gory um, story. And it takes place in the near future where a fungal infection turns people into to zombies and there's all different types of zombies and it's very graphic. Um, and I remember talking to a uh, a woman who was buying it 
was was deciding between two bundles and the other one had a had like i don't know it was, it was like just some rated e game or teen game and she asked what the difference was and i said well this one is mostly rated uh mature because of the violence but be, but being in a post-apocalyptic world there's a lot of cursing a lot of swearing and, and so you'll hear that too and she immediately put that down after and just said i'm taking this one and I, I I couldn't I couldn't believe it because I was like, you're willing to look past zombies eating each other's faces off, something that you'll probably never see in your entire life, rather than you know expose your kid to something he will hear every day, yeah. all day for the rest of his life. I that rationale just I couldn't yeah. make sense of it, and you know I get I get shielding kids from graphic stuff. But it, when it comes to language, that's that same friend that I brought up. She has she teaches her boys. There's no such thing as a bad word. There's just adult words. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Just, and it is a funny Mormon thing. Violence doesn't seem it's funny because if like in the UK, violence is what's banned. People don't watch violence in movies. Right here. The violence is extreme, but they won't oh, yeah. watch sex and they don't want smart it's just really interesting the sensibilities and exactly you get the thing about the rating system is here an r-rated movie may be incredible and it's rated r because of an adult theme like a schindler's list or a glory they won't see that but they'll run to the most you know campy trampy pg-13 rated movie you know that has nothing it's just fluff has just a lot of crap in it and yeah, it's a whole different thing. It's it's just a weird warped sensibility. Nobody's thinking it through. And anything yeah. that has any language, you're just not going to look at it, even if it can be really important on and a lot at, of different that, levels. Sure. And at that point, um, oh man, I'm sorry. I just completely lost what I was talking about. <laughs> it happens I when you're podcasting. Fun. When that happens to me, I always go, Landon, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I like trying to remember what to say. So let's do that now. Landon, what are your thoughts? And then Wells will remember. <laughs> well, we, we didn't even discuss social media, especially with texting and stuff, because yeah. there's whole ideas there like WTF, OMG, which right. means one thing, you know, to a, you, you can both be saying the same thing and to one person, it's, oh my God, to another, it's, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Uh but you're using the exact same word to, so how do you differentiate between Mormon swearing and, and uh, uh, adult swearing uh, in that case? You could be saying, oh my gosh, texting it to someone and they're, they know what it means and they're going, oh, he just swore to me. Even though yeah. you're thinking you're saying what the fudge, they're saying they know what WTF means. So uh, that's going to be a whole new area that uh, Mormons have to deal with is, you know, it, it looks like they're swearing even when they think they're not swearing. So uh, that's but you have a social point. media fast, so you don't even experience any of so it. You can't not. experience any. Yep. <laughs> that's scary. When they call for social media fast, that's really scary. It is really scary. And it always seems to be timed at, you know, a very convenient time for certain things. But yeah, you hear that all the time. Tape, put your phones down. Nope. Wasn't the most recent, in the real world. Yeah. Wasn't the most recent the the Ballard stuff? Um, I don't know if they officially said anything about a social media fast. Um, but I I don't know. They I definitely know. use it when they can. But but it's a good point because Learn, you have to learn to be in the world. You have to understand those words. You have to understand what they mean when they're used, use them appropriately. It's just all part of being a human being and being in your tribe. Yeah. And <clears throat> being in the Mormon tribe kind of locks you out of the other tribe. Uh, Lando and I were talking about, yeah, it's equivalent to like, 
being on your mission in say Japan or somewhere where tea is how you communicate. It's your language. You know, when someone comes to your home, you offer them this cultural representation of who you are. And as a Mormon, when you say no, right there, you're now, you're at, you're at odds with them. Really. They cannot bond with you because you've done this strange thing. And that's kind of the same thing. When someone says, don't say geez, you're like, you're not my person at all. <laughs> you know? And, so and a lot of people, a, a lot of people don't understand where the root of love, these swear words come from. Like, like, God damn it. It, it just means literally may God damn whatever this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's using a biblical term. God damns people. You know, he, it, it's, it's all there. It's just, I am. And, and if anything, it's like, I'm, I'm on your side. Like, can't you have your God damn this too? Like, come on, <laughs> this thing sucks. Well, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Huh. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, probably everything is rooted in biblical language. And we're just saying what our ancestors have always said, right? <laughs> most of our swear words can can be found in the in the Bible. You know, most of our standard swear words are, yeah. are biblical. Um, and evidently, it's perfectly okay for them to be used in the Bible. It's only when you take them outside the Bible that they become uh, an issue. Yeah, I know. Didn't you always hate that? Like in Sunday school, or you'd have to read something where it did say one of those words. I remember mm -hmm. getting assigned or like we're reading verse by verse around class and I'm counting. Oh no, I'm going to have to read the one where it says hell, you know, and I'd get so nervous because I didn't even want to say it in a scriptural context. And that, that's just ridiculous to give words that kind of power. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is. Well, I think we've covered it. Do you think we've covered it? We don't have any more slides, do we, Lance? Damn right now? we have. <laughs> Did you just say damn right we have? <laughs> oh, it's been really interesting. And we've really, really enjoyed getting to know you better, Wells. I mean, I love it when we just reach out blindly on social media. I mean, that's how Landon and I met two years ago when we started our book club. But I love it just to meet really interesting people and <clears throat> be able to hear your perspective. And you had some really, really good insights. We really appreciate that. Well, yeah, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for having me. It was an honor and uh, keep swearing, I guess. Keep on swearing. <laughs> that's right. Um, I hope that you have been able to resolve your doctor situation and get what you needed and get where you needed to go. And I hope that's that's good. And, and I would love to thank uh, specifically the ex-Mormon Reddit. You guys killed it. Um, I got a lot of loving messages other than, you know, a lot of DMs just being like, hey, I go to this place. They're really great. Um, and with those uh with those recommendations we we're able to get into a doctor the next day so oh, see i love that i'm telling you that community is just wonderful so any final thoughts on your part landon no i just uh thought this was a lot of fun uh there's a few things in life i enjoy talking about more than these topics <laughs> well there you go Let you, you know often landon looks very serious on our episodes but i did notice i was looking up the screen going what looks different about him? He's smiling. He must really like this. You know, usually you're like, Err, you know, because we're the, digging into these topics the, that are really disturbing. This but. is one of those situations where, you know, it's really not funny what happened here that somebody no. who was seeking no. uh, medical help yeah. was refused it because yeah. they said the word, geez, that's really kind of sad. Yeah. But we have a lot of things, sad things that happen in our life that we just have to laugh about. And this right. is one of those that you just turn around and say, how can we laugh about this? So it was fun. And I appreciate Wells, you uh, bringing it to our attention. Yeah. Well, well, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you learn from it. Exactly. When something like that happens, what we figured out is that you do learn from it. You can dig into it more, you can get more information and you can ask for help and you're usually get help and support, which is exactly what it's supposed to be about. So um, please comment, everybody who's listening or viewing. Have you had experiences being shut down when you've you're used just common words? Uh, maybe you've used the word Mormon and somebody has shut you down. I'm guessing a lot of you do. And we would love to hear uh, some of the things that have happened to you and just your opinion on this whole topic of swearing. It's really interesting when you start to dig in. So we would appreciate any comments or information that you guys want to share with us. And uh, please like and subscribe to Mormon. If you'd like to be made aware when the new episodes come out, you can hit the notification bell and it'll let you know when a new episode drops. And as always, if you would like to financially support Mormonish Podcast, we have links in the show notes to both Venmo and PayPal. And again, we have to say we so appreciate everybody that does support us in that way. It just means so much to our podcast and to us personally. So thank you, everybody. And we will say thanks to Wells, thanks to Landon, and we'll see you next time on Mormonish. Thank you. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.